If you are able, would you stand for the reading of God's infallible and inerrant word? Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. We give you thanks, O Lord, for this, your holy word. Speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. You know, as I reflect on the book of Psalms, you can almost tell which period of David's life these Psalms come from. And I think that this psalm, along with the 23rd Psalm, clearly comes at the latter part of his life, where he reflects over his life events. And he bears witness to the truth of God that has been revealed to him in life. This 133rd Psalm is a testimony of the beauty that has come about in the life of his people. Those who know the history of the Bible, who know David well, will know that, that David's life was not always easy. He had a son that was really a kind of his special son, and he spoiled that boy. And to his great sadness, that boy revolt, led a revolt against David. David had had a lot of sorrows, failings in his own life, failings of sin, having his most devoted servant killed in order to steal his wife. To be confronted by God through the great prophet Nathan when Nathan told the story about a man who had only one little lamb and, and how someone killed that man and took his little lamb. And David said, that's a terrible thing. Give me the name of that man and I shall kill him. And Nathan said, you're the man. And David was cut to the heart, remembering his sin. But David comes to the end of his life and the kingdoms united he has known the forgiving grace of God, been called back to devotion, to become such a person that the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. And in this psalm, he's rejoicing about unity. He talks that it, it is so wonderful, it's like the 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 precious oil they used to anoint people, poured down, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron. Aaron was the first functioning priest out in the desert, you know. 
running down to the edge of his garments. They just covered him up. Descending upon the mounts of Zion like the dew on Hermon. For there the Lord commanded his blessings, life forevermore. We come today to celebrate Lakeview Church, and there is much to celebrate. And, uh, and over the course of life, um, you too have been through many dangerous toils and snares. Amen? And has the Lord brought you safely home? Amen? Amen. You have known the true and living God. You know, I have a history for this church longer than some of you have been alive. Anybody here born after 1975, raise your hand. Might get it up there. I've known this church longer than you've been alive. At times I observed it from afar, holding it up in prayer, rejoicing in its accomplishments. And Lakeview Church is a very special church to me. I tell everybody when I'm going to get to heaven before most of you, I tell everybody, when I get to heaven and you get to looking for me, I'll tell you exactly where I will be living. I will be living at the corner of Mililani Avenue and Lakeview Boulevard. In the ministry, one often serves many churches and you hold them all in affection in a special way. And of the churches that I've served, and I've enjoyed them all, a couple of them didn't enjoy me, but I've enjoyed them all. <laughs> but none more than my church in Hawaii and this one. And may I say, this one is the most special of all. No, it's because the pages ran around with me. <laughs> and uh, uh, they'll give me the credit, right? Amen, Brian? Uh, you get a page that says amen. But when I first came here in 1970, we were meeting in the little white building that is now our lovely reception center. I came over the mountains, Roy Lee Cobb brought me over in his farm truck, big farm truck, and we had our 1953 Studebaker loaded to the gills, and my wife, she was real short, she could barely see over the steering wheel with that thing, and we, we came to Lakeview, and the people were there graciously unloaded us. But with my first Sunday here, I felt like Lakeview was my home. I never felt a more loving group of people and a more wonderful understanding bunch 
of folks. Now, they had to be understanding, because I'm somewhat of a joker. I don't know if do you know that, that I love practical jokes. I even love them when they're full on me. But our first little boy was born here. It's GW. I remember him pushing his little walker when I'd come back from school in the afternoons. And, and you know, uh, I took a little GW, and he, he really didn't know how to talk then. You know, he could get a word or so out. But, you know, you can, you, you know, I condition my dogs to do things. You can condition a kid to do stuff. Did you know that? And I conditioned him every time he heard the word look like, he would say a monkey. <laughs> so I would bring him up to Dale's daddy. I'd say, GW, what does Uncle Coot look like? He'd say a monkey. <laughs> and K.O. and Brannock enjoyed that until I said, GW, what does Uncle K.O. look like? He'd say a monkey. <laughs> that was funny. One Sunday, my wife walked in and furious, and she hardly ever got mad at him. She was furious. She was so mad she was about to catch on fire. And I said, what is the matter? She said, you think you're funny, but you're not. I said, where is this coming from? It so happened that we had a, a, a member who's no longer with us. Her, 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 grand, her daughter had come back to visit Lakeview and had brought her brand new baby. And then they were standing out there under this oak tree that now is huge, and we're still a little white building, talking. And the grandmother held the baby up and says, who do you think he looks like? <laughs> and GW said, a monkey. <laughs> There's no way you could get out from under that. <laughs> but they were an understanding church and didn't run us off. But, but the, this has always been a loving fellowship. And I returned after many years away to find new people, but people with the same heart. Now, you'll get a better preacher than me someday. Probably not one as handsome, but you'll get a, better, a new preacher someday, and he'll be a better preacher than me. But I want to promise you this. You'll never get a preacher that loves you any more than I love. And likewise, I have to say that I have experienced nothing but love and encouragement the whole time I'm here. You know, people here, if, if, if they got a problem with you, they do it the biblical way. If you've got a problem with me, I, you all come and talk to me about it. You do often. And I don't blame you because i got a lot of problems with me too. But, um, but it's just that, and they're that way with each other. I never hear gossip there. I'm so glad. I just don't hear it. Y'all may be hiding it from me. Y'all going to get you. But, but I never hear it. There is a true unity in this church. And it is so beautiful, isn't it? Gail, don't you feel loved and encouraged in your ministry? I know the youth leaders do. I know the trustees do. I thank the trustees and the deacons. Boy, I tell you, you all got a world-class deacon board here. And you've had one ever since I've been here. I just walked into it just blessed. I want to talk to you now about unity. A church called me a while back. One of the members I'd known for years. And, and he said, we're struggling because we can't seem to find a common direction. We have one group wanting to do this and one group wanting to do that and wanting to do this. And he says, I'd like to talk to you about what the problem is. 
And I said, uh, I can tell you without hearing any more what the problem is. And he was shocked. He says, but I haven't told you everything. I said, oh, I know there are details that might be helpful, but I know exactly what the problem is. So we got together for lunch in Greensboro. And, and, and I said, here is the problem. True unity comes only through Jesus Christ. That's true of your marriage. That's true of anything, if you're a believer. And I said, the problem is that each member of the congregation has the answer to what they think that church's need is. And they're multiple in their responses. But God is a God of unity. And your church's problem is, and you may be doing it from very noble causes, you know, but your church's problem is they are looking to find what they think God's will is, and they're not looking to the Lord to discern what his will is. Because you see, churches that are focused on seeing what Christ's will is for them are churches that are unified. And I believe we really have that here. Do you sense that? I certainly do. We have different answers for different problems, but, but nonetheless, I do sense that we are looking for what the Lord wants. And that's the only way a church has unity. I've seen churches say, well, if we just get to grow and we've got problems solved, has it ever occurred to you maybe the church is not ready for God to grow it? I've been to some places like that. Where the focus was to bring people in to make them like us. No. We're going to bring people in for the same reason here. We're here. That Jesus will make us like him. That's what we're here for, isn't it? No longer I who live, as Paul says, but what? Christ who lives in me. Over the years, I have watched this church, and I have wept with you when you've wept. You may not have known that. And I've rejoiced with you when you rejoiced. I was so happy when this church added on to the sanctuary we built when I was here. I was so happy to hear of the baptisms. I was so happy to hear of all those things. And there were things I heard that grieved my heart for you and for all involved. But I give thanks that through all the struggles God has brought us through. And I sense a growing, if I'm wrong, tell me, but I sense a growing sensitivity here to the Lord God and his rule over our life. I sense a growing desire to bring our lives into conformity, not to what we think, but to what the word of God teaches. Is this true? Do you sense that? 
And that is a cause of rejoicing. I always say this about the church. I don't know if it's original to me. It might be. But the church is to be the place where the kingdom of God, now listen to this, the church is to be the place where the kingdom of God comes nearest to the earth. The place where people come in and, and experience the lordship of Jesus. A place where people come in maybe broken and hurting and, and spiritually confused as the, as the man that the, that the deacons ministered to this morning. And find Christ. A place where we bear one another's burdens and rejoice with each other's joy. I believe that God is doing that in Lakeview. I always said that my church in Hawaii was a church that was most like the New Testament church of any place I'd ever been. I went back over there after 40 years. I took my first wife back and it was our 40th anniversary. Not 40 years since I've been pastor, obviously. But, but we, we toured around and, and, and they had a gathering and they asked me to have the Lord's Supper for them and we just had a wonderful fellowship there and one of the larger homes, and, uh, and all these little Japanese ladies come up and say, Pastor, why you ever leave us? And I said, stupidity, I reckon. <laughs> but, you know, there was a wonderful fellowship. But may I say this? I am starting to sense that you all are exceeding that. Now, I don't know how long I will be here. I might be like Dr. Charles Stanley preaching to you all at 84, and you'll still be wishing, I would say, I wish he'd shut up. I liked what he said so far, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> you all ever say that? I know you do. <laughs> Clyde told me not to preach too long today. He said, well, actually, preacher, you preach as long as you want to, but when the time comes, we're going to eat. That's what he really said. But I don't know how long the Lord will leave me here. But I want you to know, you all are the glory of my life. Because in you I see the image of what the church of Jesus Christ is all about. I see in these young people who, young people who love the Lord, who sacrificed their time, who work to raise money to go not get something for themselves, but to do something for others. I see them warmly embrace people who come to our church that may be different than they are. I see deacons that are burdened for people's spiritual welfare and their material welfare who are never too busy to stop and to minister to a stranger. I see lay people each time there's a tragedy in this church that surround those undergoing troubles with love and prayers and presence. I don't mean gift, I mean the gift of you being there.
And I am firmly convinced that it is congregations like this, not those that are marching up down the streets for some cause or the other. I'm convinced that it is congregations like this that not only will change the world, but are already changing the world. From the first time I was at Lakeview, all through the years, and even now, Lakeview and its people, the old timers like, maybe I shouldn't say this, Rachel, old timers like Rachel and Wayne, and new timers like a lot of you. You have been my home more than the place where I grew up. All my life, when I thought about home, it was always Lakeview. Home, sweet home. Blessed unity in Christ which is more pleasant than the anointing oil poured upon Aaron, more pleasant than the dews of Hermon. A place. Did you notice how he and David ended that? Did you notice how he ended that? For there... The Lord commanded the blessing. Life forevermore. That blessing is pronounced and announced again and again here, isn't it? And our unity in Christ means that is a real hope. That is a cause that puts a smile in our soul. The day will come when all of us sitting here will be together forever and ever. Did you know that? And we'll be in a one choir. You know that? And this sanctuary will have dissolved away. You know that? And we shall gather around the place called the Crystal Sea. And there will be no more need of light, for we'll be in the presence of Christ himself, who is the light. And we, because we are brothers and sisters in him, shall hold each other's hand and sing forever the praise of God. This is a wonderful home, and it is a sweet home to all of us. But we realize that it's just the beginning of our real home. Our real home is with the Lord. And we encourage each other along the way. We lift up and minister to each other along the way. And to all the Lord sends us. I've had so many people that have told me since I've been here and, and they came into the church while I'm pastor here that, that tell me this church is so loving and it is. And they make me feel so welcome. 
and it does. And they say very often, I feel like I've been here all of my life, and it does. But we give the praise to Jesus Christ that as we are one with him, we show others his lordship. 67 years. I remember starting out in the little white building. And I could run through the list of saints that the Lord has taken home that were such a blessing. I wish you could have known them. Bobby, your uncle, Irvin Durham. If I ever knew a man that belonged totally to God, it was him. You know, he got old and he rode a bicycle everywhere. But he was riding that bicycle for the Lord. He was visiting the sick and he was visiting the newcomers and talking to them about the Lord. I wish you could have known him. Some of you knew K.O. Page. Another man who I never met a man whose heart was more like the heart of Christ. Lots of fun. But so filled with the love of Jesus towards others. I could go on. But then I could also mention people today. Some of you it would embarrass, so I'm not going to mention names. Who so show the reality of Jesus that it blesses me every time I'm around them. We have a sweet home, don't we? And I know we're looking for the other of the Lord's children to come and be with us. He's got some elected to salvation that yet are not aware of it, but they will. Give thanks to God for your church. Lakeview is a special place. You're light years ahead of so many. You're a special place. But take not pride in yourself, but pride in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is and will continue to make us his body at work in the world. Heart attack to all of you. I'm stopping right now.